0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Growing Christ Podcast. I am your host, Shadora Foy, and today we are on chapter 21. So I encourage you all to grab your Bibles, your pens, your pencils, your journals, and all that crafty stuff, and let us dive in with verse 1. It says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Verse two says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. So we have to realize that we have ways that seem right to us. And God knows that. That's why he put in the word. You know, there's ways that seem right to us, but we have to allow the Lord to weigh our hearts. We have to allow the Lord to guide us in the right direction. And then in verse 3, it says, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Verse 4 says, a haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. Verse 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Verse 6 says, getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. Verse 7 says, the violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. Verse 8 says, the way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Verse 9 says, it is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. Verse 10 says, the soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. And um, verse 10 is kind of like what I was talking about uh, in, I believe it was the last chapter, it might have been chapter 20 or chapter 19, where I was talking about how wickedness has a different agenda. It doesn't want to just stop at random people, but it wants to Get the people that are close to you get your neighbors if you will And when it says the soul of the wicked desires evil his neighbors finds no favor in his eyes That was kind of what I was saying about your friends won't find favor in your eyes, you know, your um Your family won't find favor in your eyes if you're wicked or that person You won't find favor in that person's eyes because they have no respective person who which they want to do wicked to and verse eleven says, "When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise, but when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. So verse eleven when it says, When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise, because there you have to show people justice, like um the last verse of uh, chapter twenty, where it says, Blows that hurt cleanse away evil, as do stripes the inner depths of the heart so it's like when you punish a scoffer that shows the others you know punish uh them openly so others may fear when you punish the scoffer the other simple ones are made wise because they're like okay i don't want that same thing to happen to me you know they start to fear and it's that blow that hurts that cleanses away that evil And then in verse 12, it says, The righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked, overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Verse 13 says, Whoever shuts the ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. Verse 14 says, A gift in secret pacifies anger, and a bribe behind the back strong wrath. Verse 15 says, it is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. So it should become our joy for us to do justice. Like, you know, it we have to get to a place where the things of God become a joy to us, where it's not just, oh, we got to do this or we got to do that, or this is the right thing to do. But no, it's actually like this pleases you because and when we get deeper in God, the pleasures of God will become the pleasures of our own heart. Because, you know, when you're a child to a parent that what they delight in somehow becomes what you delight in, you know, and sometimes it may take a minute. But once you get that understanding of why they actually truly like it, you can be like, OK, I I understand, you know, and you can begin to have that delight in that same thing yourself. So um, verse, let me see, verse 18, I meant verse 16, sorry. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will read in the congregation of the dead. Verse 17 says, he who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So when it says he who loves pleasure will be a poor man, not just necessarily like, you know, if you like to have fun and you feel like you can't ever have fun or not like that but where pleasure becomes your priority pleasure should not be our priority sometimes we're not going to be pleased with certain things but we have to make God our priority our love has to be found in God and we have to be careful what and um well just what we love because I was going through a time where I was getting deeper in God and I was like you know Love is a strong word and I have to be careful what I say that I love and what love is because love is tested. And I had to make sure that God was my priority and that God was my first love and God was the apple of my eye so that I wouldn't fall into the destruction of other things. I can't love pleasure because when I get to that place of loving pleasure, then I'll put pleasure above all other things and like that one verse, um I believe it was chapter uh twenty and verse thirteen where it was like loving sleep. I can't love sleep because then it doesn't it it leads me to poverty. You know, it doesn't allow me to open my eyes and be satisfied with bread. So I have to really evaluate what I choose to love. And then and excuse me, in verse 18, it says the wicked shall be a ransom for the the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. Verse 19 says it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. So we as girls and as women, we have to make sure that we're on our P's and Q's, you know, and right now we're young, but um, we have to know that, It's not going to change with a wave of a wand. You know, us being bitter or angry or contentious is not going to change with a wave of a wand when we turn 18 or when we get a husband. But we have to make sure that we're walking in those characteristics now, that we're being a virtuous woman now. Because if we're a virtuous woman now, just think about how great it's going to be when we get older. If we walk in loving kindness now, if we walk in that characteristic of loving and nurturing now we'll be super great at it when we get older so we have to make sure that we don't want our husbands to be in the wilderness you know we we don't want our husbands to be like the wilderness is better than being in a house with you or that um being in the corner of a housetop is better than sharing a house with me and where it said that in verse nine so we have to make sure that we're not being that angry and contentious woman where our husbands would rather spend time in the wilderness god knows where than be in a house with us and then in verse 20 it says there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise but a foolish man squanders it Verse 21 says, he who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. Verse 22 says, a wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. Verse 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Verse 24 says, a proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name. He acts with arrogant pride. Verse 25 says, the desire of the slothful kills him. His hands refuse to labor. Verse 26 says, He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. So we have to make sure that we're not coveting things. Because when we covet things, that means that we don't trust that God is going to make our cups run over. You know, we have to believe that God is going to allow our cups to run over. And it's more like we pour out to people and God pours out to us. That's that's how that works you know we as being christians are supposed to share what we have with others we being righteous are supposed to share what we have with others so god would share what he has with us because we know that he's going to share what he has with us and our confidence is there so we can give because we know that we're going to get more than what we're giving out and also our giving is not to be somebody else's god You know, we're not being righteous and having all this wealth, and we're giving to people so that we can be their God and that we can be their supplier of goods. No, we give because people are going to recognize when you're a giver and when you just give and you just give and you do what God tells you to do, they're going to ask questions. Well, well, you know, you give so much wisdom. Where where do you get that from? You you give so much so much wealth and money. Where do you where do you get that from? I I've, I've never came to you with a problem and you weren't able to help me. Where how do you do that? That we are supposed to be big and grand and flashy so that sinners can pay attention. So that sinners can be like, "Who are you? Where where do you get this from? What?" Because they know that there's a difference. They see the difference in you. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in serving God that we don't see our own light. But sinners see our light. Sinners see that we're different. Sinners see that we're not always fighting, that we're not always bashful, that we're always giving, and we're not always complaining. Sinners see that. And that's why some things of God seem extreme. You know, some things of God, it's like, oh, but I don't want to do this. Or some things that God desires to give us, it's like, whoa. And you got to have the faith for that. But God wants us to be flashy because the kingdom is flashy. God is flashy, you know. I mean, Satan, Satan's flashy. Wickedness flashes. Wickedness is boastful and proud. So why why can't God show what he has to offer? And he wants to show it through us. So we have to make sure that we're we're on one accord with God and we're like, yes, God, that's that's part of us saying yes to God and uh, being willing sacrifices and allowing him to use us because sinners are going to ask questions. Sinners are going to be like, well, how do you how do you do that? And then we have to be at that humble place to where we can point them to God. And then in verse 27, it says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? So the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination because you cannot, you can't be like, okay, God, I, I prayed. Now you got to manifest yourself. Okay, God, I I've been fasting. Now, where's where's my where's my breakthrough? Where's my manifestation? Or you you can't give sacrifices and like give to the needy, give to the poor, and be like, okay, now now you owe me, or you know. And most of the time, when wicked people give sacrifices, that's the difference between being Christian and being wicked, or I should say, not even being Christian and being wicked, but truly just loving God and being for God than being against God. Because you never want to point God to yourself. Like I was saying with the righteous, when they give so much, sinners are going to look at you and you have to be in a place of humility where you can point to God. Because those wicked people, they sacrifice and they give all that stuff. And then they're like, oh my gosh, you have so much money. And they're like, yeah, I know. I worked so hard for it and I've worked for this and this is my money. And it's all about me. I always give to charity. Like, they are always trying to have that intention to point to themselves and boost themselves up. And then in verse 28, it says a false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. Verse 29 says a wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. Verse 30, there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. So if you're not with the Lord, you're not, you know, there's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. You you can't walk in wisdom and be against the Lord and battle with the Lord. Because those things are His. There's no understanding against the Lord. Like um, the battle between, and I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes or anything, but the battle between evolution and believing that God created the world and the earth and everything in it in the Bible. You, there, that, that's not wisdom. That's not understanding. That's not wise counsel. Evolution is not understanding and wise counsel. It's, it's because that, if that was so, then that means that this verse would be a lie. That that would be against theirs. It says there is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. And that's against the Lord. So that's not wise that's not wisdom because it's against him because either either that's wrong and this verse is right or this verse is wrong and that's right and if this verse is wrong then who's not to say that this whole Bible's wrong that this whole belief that this whole um faith in god that this whole relationship between mankind is god and god is wrong so you know it's just something to think about and like i said i'm not trying to step on anybody's toes or anything but it's just We have to be at that place to where we know for ourselves and we're walking in integrity. And in verse 31, it says, the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. So we have to know that deliverance is of the Lord. Nobody else can give us deliverance but the Lord. Nothing else can deliver us but the Lord. And like I was um giving my testimony in one of the podcasts before, the deliverance of the Lord is so much greater than any other fake deliverance. You know, you've heard people talk about being drug addicts and how they relapsed before. And the because if there's 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 only so long that you can keep yourself from doing something. And I I honestly I try not to walk in judgment because to judge them and say, you know, you're you're doing wrong. You know, you should stay clean. If using the situation with the drug addict, and you should stay clean, and you should be good, and you know how to be good, and they don't have God, that be against God. That be against this verse. That be against the verse that but deliverance of the Lord. So they, I can't be mad at them, but I can help them and point them to God because you, if I didn't have God saying. That I love you and I want you to live life and I want you to have it more abundantly and I care for you and the enemy doesn't want to do anything but kill, steal, and destroy. If I didn't have God in my ear, if I didn't have God's word telling me that, there'd be nothing holding me back from popping that next pill or from smoking that next blunt or doing those drugs. There would be nothing to hold me back. I couldn't hold myself back from it. I could be like, yeah, okay, I want a better life. I, I want to get better, but I've already been a drug addict before and they've seen my record. So now I'm never going to get a job. So I might as well, I might as well just do it. I might as well just do it this one last time. Maybe this one last time. Yeah, I know, I know that maybe everything will get better and my family will like me more, but they hate me already and they don't love me. And that's the reason why I started doing drugs. So, Maybe I should just keep on doing it. It seemed like it worked. You have all those things and that is your mind. And then you also have the devil in your mind as well. But only God, only deliverance is of the Lord. Deliverance is of God. It's not of the devil. It's not of the world. It's not of man. It's of God. I remember saying this one time. I don't know if it's this podcast or another one of my podcasts. But when I was like, um... When I was saying that it's not even of us to desire to have a pure heart. It's not of us to desire to be cleansed from our sins because we like them. We want to do them. If it was up to us, we would be like God would be a type of God that would let us do our dirt. And we would still have a ticket into heaven. But we have to realize that deliverance, being saved, being cleansed, is only of god it's not of us it's not of the world the devil surely doesn't want to cleanse us he doesn't want to help us he doesn't want to love us it's only of god and that's that's amazing you know some it's not a bad thing it's a it's an amazing thing because that shows how great our god is and how set apart our god is that our god is the only God that can deliver, that the world can't deliver us, the devil can't deliver us, nobody else but God. That shows how great our God is. And so many times people want to hate on that, but it's like God wouldn't be God if he wasn't the only one who could do something. You know, you you would be like, okay, maybe I could serve this God or I could serve that God or I could serve this God because they all do the same thing. They're just different in little ways. No, God is a set apart God and that is what makes him awesome. That is what makes him real. That is what makes him legit. You know, I would not serve God if he wasn't the only one that could give me deliverance, if he wasn't the only one who had something that I needed, if he wasn't the only one that can cleanse me, if he wasn't the only one that could give me life so that I may have it more abundantly. If he wasn't that God, I'm not sure that I would serve him. That shows that he's real. He has to have something that sets him apart from Buddha, from Muhammad, from Zeus, from evolution. He has to have something that sets him apart from the universe, from nature. He has to have something that sets him apart from those things so I can look back to God and say, Okay, God, you're greater than. You're bigger than. You're better than. You are real. You are more real than. You know, so we have to think about that and think about just what God says and how real he actually is and how real he shows himself to be. That is just amazing how God is so transparent with us about who he is and how great of a God that he is. So, yes, I'm going to leave you all with that. And, yes, let's just keep on connecting our faith with his promises, and one of the promises just wrapping up this last um verse is one of the promises, and this last verse is just deliverances of the Lord that is a promise from God that is a promise that the enemy, the devil, cannot save you, the devil cannot deliver you. You know, no war weapons can deliver you, no human being can deliver you, you can't even deliver you, no nature, no sky, no universe, no nothing can deliver you but the Lord. That is a promise of God and he plans to stand on his promises whether we do or whether we don't, you know. So we should, if he's going to be that type of God to stand on his promise for thousands of thousands of years in our lifetime, we should be that type of daughter, that type of son to connect our faith with his promise. Cause he has showed us that he is a faithful God and he has faith in the things that he says. And we have to make sure that God, I'm, if you can have faith in your own word, then I can have faith in your word. You know, if you can show that you are true and that you are real and you can speak the same words and it still ring true today, thousands and thousands of years later, well, I'm sure that I, I can live my lifetime, my hundred of years with you and live this lifetime and see you work and connect my prom- connect my faith with your promises. So yes, I am just really excited about this word and about, it's just the whole book of proverbs it has been such a blessing to go through this book with you guys and i pray that you all are just getting some revelation and getting wisdom and knowledge because i know i am and i'm going to be praying that we all hold tight to this wisdom and hold tight to this knowledge and understanding that we are gaining so i'm going to leave you all with that and goodbye